and turn in our Bibles, uh, if you will, to Romans chapter 7. Uh, it is good to be here, and I do realize there's other men that could be preaching tonight, so I do count it a privilege, and I appreciate uh, the offer. I'm reminded that it's not uh, my speaking ability, uh, but uh, the Word of God that changes lives, and uh, so it is uh, great to be here. We are from Life and Liberty Baptist Church. It uh, depends on where you're from, what you what you think about Maryland. We were in Corpus Christi one time, and we told them we were in Maryland, and uh, somebody said, well, you, you've probably never had tacos before. And uh, somebody else said, it, it must be cold all the time. And uh, people from New York think it's, think it's not cold in Maryland, but uh, we're glad to uh, glad to be there, glad to be uh, in the will of God, and I could definitely echo what Pastor Dunbar said. Uh, it may not be popular, but we still believe that repentance and faith are necessary for salvation. Uh, God hasn't changed it. We're not planning on changing it uh, anytime soon. So the, the, the old paths are the good way, and uh, that's what God has said. So I'm thankful to be in the presence of others that believe similar. Uh, believe the Bible. Uh, good to be with Pastor Dunbar and his family. Spend a little bit of time with them, uh, with uh, with Joel Dunbar, and and just see the Napa Noahs, and and to think of um, what what a great privilege it is uh, to to be together and uh, to encourage one another. Uh, we we often think that we are all alone, and uh, we travel around. I see a lot a lot of small churches, and uh, ultimately they are uh, a lot of people. Uh, end up discouraged and uh, thinking that we're all alone, but uh, it's good to encourage one another uh, for the brief time that we are together. Um, I will go and give you just a, just a brief update. Uh, we try to do that. I know you've uh, prayed for us, supported us, and uh, we do thank you for uh, your friendships. Uh, as with anybody else, we've had difficulty uh, in the past year. Uh, we've had uh, people move out of town. We've had people pass away. Uh, it, it's kind of one of those difficult things, but in some ways it can be encouraging uh, as we look around and we look at our church and we think, well, it doesn't seem like maybe there's as many numbers of people that, that we wish there was, but then we have to be reminded we, we have a handful of people that are in heaven. Uh, so one day, just the people that are part of our church, uh, we'll get to reunite with them, people that we were able to lead to Christ or to see saved as a result of being a lighthouse in that community. So we're grateful for that. Uh, we've had, we've had a, we just did a Christmas banquet. We had some uh, first-time visitors, some people to follow up with. Uh, we've uh, been doing, as many of you have, uh, the ABCs of Christian growth. Uh, in our case, we've, we've been able to get into some homes and uh, try to disciple some people who have recently been saved. Uh, one opportunity that we do have is uh, we had a lady start coming. She just happens to be the sheriff's uh, sister, and uh, she started coming. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe when I started off, I would have thought, "Wow, you know, I get to pastor the sheriff's sister. This, this is really special." Uh, but you know, ultimately, we we look at that, and uh, it, it's not for any prestige for us. But I do know this: a sheriff knows and influences a lot of people, and uh, so we are praying that he would be saved. His sister recently got saved. His daughter's been coming, talked to my wife briefly, seems to be close to salvation. They've been bringing visitors. You know, you know it's, it's, it's a small town, and we've knocked those doors over and over again. We've sent mail-outs, and you get nowhere. And somebody gets saved, and they all seem like they're related, and they know everybody. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. I'm not saying we have 20 and 30 visitors every service, but the possibilities uh, that we see there. So we're thankful uh, for 
all of that. I'd like to uh, preach this evening on the subject of delight. Uh, the subject of delight, uh, Romans 7, and uh, we're probably familiar with the end of Romans 7 here. We've been preaching through the book of Romans. Uh, it's been a great blessing, and uh, if you're a pastor, you may realize it's kind of been a challenge too, uh, but uh, I grow along with the church as well. Uh, Romans 7 and verse uh, 22, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity, Lord, the privilege to be able to open the Word of God. Lord, I'm so thankful that we do have the truth. Lord, I'm thankful for those that uh, cared about me to give me the gospel and uh, those who have taught me the truth. God, it is good to be able to open the Word of God and have nothing to apologize for. Uh, Lord, I do pray that you'd help us all as we listen to what you want uh, for us. Lord, I don't know uh, what these people need, but the Holy Spirit of God knows. I pray you'd speak to us on an individual basis. Lord, please give me the words to say. I pray that I would be uh, a blessing to these people, or the greatest blessing we can be, uh, is to give the truth uh, and to be able to preach the Word of God. So I do ask for your help at this time. In your name, amen. We find the word delight in the Bible multiple different times. Close to 70 times you find the word delight, uh, delighted, delights, delightsome. Uh, we could go through all of that, but, but to delight is simply to affect with great pleasure. It is a high satisfaction. It's a great joy. It is to be highly pleased uh, with something. Uh, I do believe this, that a delight is not a response or a reaction, but a way of life. Think of that, if you will, just a moment. A delight is not necessarily a response to something or a reaction, but a way of life. I'm going to show you through the Word of God how we ought to be delighting in God, delighting in the Word of God, the ways of God. There's things that we ought to delight in, but it really ought to be everything that we are and not just something that comes and goes at times. If we look at the word delight, by the way, this is the only time that I found that it appears in the New Testament. As you found delight 70 sometimes in the Bible, I believe only one time in the New Testament he says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward Man, you know, we ought to be able to delight everywhere that we go. I know sometimes we do struggle with it. I'm just going to be honest with you. And if you were to be honest with me, you'd say, I, I'm not always delighting and happy to be where I am. But the fact is, if we delight in God, we can and we should delight at all times. All right, we ought to delight in God at church. And it is a lot easier when we're around other preachers, other Christians, uh, when we're singing the songs uh, of heaven and, and we're encouraged that way. Well, we can, we can delight at church and we should delight at church. I've been around a few that, that seem like they don't want to delight at church, but that's not the subject we're preaching on. But we ought to delight at church, not only at church, we ought to delight at home. Uh, we ought to be able to delight in our workplace. Why? Because no matter what your workplace is, you're delighting in God and not your employer uh, and not the circumstances that are surrounding us. If I were just be flat honest with you, I'd, I'd say, you know, there were a couple, couple messages I, I could have preached. I printed out a couple things and just praying about what God wanted me to preach. And 
It was almost as if this is one that God reminded me. He said, you know, you've already preached something along these lines, but this is something that you need to work on just as well. I know as preachers, we try to get things straight the best that we can before we preach them, and we don't want to be hypocritical, but but let's face it, there are things that we are still working on. We're still, I remind our church, I'm still growing with the church. As I study, I'm growing. And I'm, thanking, I'm thankful to God for His patience uh, that way. But we ought to be able to delight because we're delighting in God. So delight is something that is a permanent pleasure. So what are some things that ought to bring us permanent pleasure? We'll uh, do some turning tonight. Let's go to Job chapter 22. Uh, we do some turning because we're Bible believers, amen, I hope, but also because it's Wednesday night and we have holidays on both ends and I'm trying to keep you awake and keep me awake just as well. Job chapter 22, some things that we ought to delight in, some things not to bring us permanent pleasure. Job chapter 22. I'm not going to get into the background of all these, just giving you some some general thoughts here. Uh, Verse 26, Job 22, 26. For then shalt thou have thy delight in the Almighty, and shalt lift up thy face unto God. So what is it that brings us permanent pleasure? It would simply be the Almighty. Multiple verses we could look at that talks about the Almighty, talks about God, talks about the Lord. But ultimately, our delight, the thing that we do delight in that brings us permanent pleasure ought to be in the Lord. I know one thing that I am constantly trying to do better at is meditating on the Word of God throughout the day. Uh, We believe very strongly that we ought to read our Bibles as do you. We believe we ought to give our people tools to read the Bible, and so we give you a Bible reading calendar, as your pastor does just as well. And some, some follow it, some, some do something else, but we're very strong on reading our Bibles, and, and I preach it, and I believe that that makes a big difference. Well, you can, you can grow up in church, going to Christian school, homeschool, whatever. You, know, you can be at church all the time and not have that personal walk with God. But I would take it even a step further and remind us of the importance of thinking about what we're reading every day. Getting something out of the Bible, holding on to it, and whatever we have to do, whether we write it down, uh, you know, I, I, a lot of times I will, not every day, but uh, a lot of times as I read my Bible, I will text people from our church, just, just something that I got out of the Bible. But I've found even that sometimes I forget what I texted them in the morning. But I do believe this, the importance is meditating and thinking on the things of God. That is what brings us delight, and that is what helps us through uh, difficulties. You know, if I'm delighting in the Lord, I don't have to set a certain time throughout the week to think about God, because I'm thinking about Him all the time. Uh, You know, I, I, I would say we don't even have to spend five times a day having a scheduled prayer time. If you have a scheduled prayer time, that's a good thing. But I don't even have to schedule five times a day to pray and to face in the right direction just to think about God because I'm thinking about Him through all that I do and through all the decisions uh, that I make. So He should be in all the decisions that we make. He should be uh, in all of our thoughts. And yet the Apostle Paul reminded us in our text that's not always the way that it is. I'm not trying to preach something superficial, but I am preaching what I believe that God would have for us to do. Uh, So a lot to work on that area. Uh, Psalm 37 and verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. 
Well, people talk about prayer, and, and, and a lot of times they'll think, well, uh, God will give me the desires of my heart. Let's read it in its context. Delight thyself in the Lord. When I delight myself in God, then I desire what he desires. He's not desiring a brand new house and a four-wheeler and, and all the fancy vehicles that are out there. I'm delighting in God, therefore I'm praying according to his will. So first off, we see that we delight in the Almighty. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 58, if you will. Over in Isaiah 58, we see another area that we should permanently delight in. And I, I, I believe I'm, for the most part, preaching to people that want to serve God, want to delight in God, but we have our struggles. We just need to be stirred. We need to be reminded of these things. The second thing we ought to delight in are the ways of God, delighting in the ways of God. It's one thing to maybe, in general, say, I'm delighting in God. There's, I don't know about here, but where we are, there's a lot of general talk about God, but people, they don't know God. Uh, they're not living for God. Uh, they'll say things like, well, it says this in the Bible. And I'll say, well, where does it say that? Well, I, I don't know. It's just somewhere in there. I'm pretty sure I heard somebody say it. Just a lot of generalities about God. But we're talking to a group of people. You're here on Wednesday night. And, and I believe that you want to serve God. You want to delight in the things of God. We must keep these things in front of us. So the ways of God we find in Isaiah 58, verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. He says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. As a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinance of their God, they ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. And as you go through there, you find them backslidden. You find them going the wrong way. And by the time you get to the end of the chapter, you find them then delighting in the things of God once again. Uh, verse 14, Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob. Nevertheless, in verse 2 there it says, Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Delighting in the ways of God, uh, all the ways of God. When I delight in the ways of God, then I will live right in the eyes of God. When I delight in God's ways, in other words, I get to the point where I realize the commandments that God's given to us, those are good things. The rules that God has given to us, those are good things. It's good because he's keeping us out of trouble, but he's keeping us in the right way. And so we delight in the ways of God. We delight in, in the path of God. We, we want to know what God wants for us. The other side of that is somebody who says, well, I don't want any rules. I don't want any guidelines. Well, that's a person that's headed for destruction. I want to know the ways of God. I want to learn about God, and I want to follow in those ways. I want to delight and to love those ways. Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. We'll look at another one here. So the Almighty and then the ways of God. Again, you say, well, I delight in God, but do I delight in His ways, His path, the direction that He has for me? Malachi chapter 3. Verse 
remember Summit used to always call it Malachi. And uh, they always said that, and I still don't know if, if that's what they think it is or not. Uh, but, uh, and maybe you're laughing, it may be a lit, maybe it is Malachi, I, I don't know. All right, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, notice, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now this is a prophecy concerning John the Baptist. We know that Christ was coming. We know that they were looking forward to Christ and they were delighting in, in, in the Messiah coming. But in this passage, they're, they're delighting in the messenger that is coming. He says, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. That's, that's John the Baptist that is, that is coming. And so he says uh, that ye delight in whom ye delight in. So the prophecy is about delighting in the messenger that God gives us. I know growing up, I am thankful that I had people that taught me the things that were right. Uh, boy, there's a lot I could look back and I could say, well, I, you, know, what they, you know, what they were teaching over here, maybe it wasn't right, or I disagree with this or, or, or disagree with that. But they taught me the King James Bible is the Word of God. They taught me how to be saved. Uh, they taught me how to live for God and how to tell others how to be saved. I, I remember we were, or, or Pastor Rembar was just talking about uh, uh, the songs being changed. I remember when the first edition came out of the songs being changed in that book. And I remember we had a family in our church that went through it. And there were, there were a couple, a few different songs. They did the research. And our church had actually written to the sword of the Lord or whoever put it out and, and, and had requested the old version. And they actually printed the old version for our church and, uh, and gave it back. That, that goes back a ways. But I'm thankful for those messengers. I'm thankful for those, those preachers and even other Christians who taught me in the right way and to help me stay straight and, and to delight in those people. You know, if we delight in the Lord, uh, we will delight in His messengers. Those that don't want to delight in the Lord will not delight when somebody brings the truth. As you say, don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the third-party guy. Uh, don't, don't, don't do something wrong to the mailman. He's just delivering the mail. But God gives us messengers. I, I, I hope that you're thankful. I, I think we need to be reminded of the importance of having a lighthouse in this community in New York. Oh, I wish this and I wish that and, and I, I wish it with you. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'd love to see more people saved. Um, I just going around to the gas stations and the stores around there, there's, there's evil in this town, just like places where, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. and Frederick, Maryland, and, you know, the evil and the wickedness, and you wish people would, would listen. Uh, you want people to be saved. You do care about them. But how important is it for us to appreciate the messenger that God has given to us, appreciating and supporting the pastor. I will tell you this, I, I, I can't say I do it every day, but our church prays for pastors and churches very often. We'll, we'll pick a church, we'll pick a pastor that we know, and, and we'll pray, just, just praying that God would help those pastors and churches because I know I'm not going to go down the road at this point of the difficulties that we face, not only nationwide, but worldwide. 
the difficulties and the frustrations, but we know a lot of churches. Uh, we know a lot of people that well, they get discouraged. They get frustrated, and, and our church, we're just a small church, but we want to be a blessing to them any way that we can. Uh, we want to pray for them. We want to pray for these pastors. And not only, it's not some elite group of pastors. We're not just praying for the pastors, but we know that there's people that stand behind that pastor. And it is so important that the pastor stays right, the pastor stays encouraged, and the people stand behind that messenger. I know if there's one thing that we don't need now is we don't need division in our churches. We don't need people against the messenger. We don't need people uh, uh, discouraging that cause against the messenger or the, or the, or, or the pastor's wife or the kids. It, it, is, it is pleasant to dwell together in unity. What a blessing it is. We remind our kids of that all the time. It's just a blessing to dwell together in unity. We are in this uh, for the same reason. When you're in the same church for a while, you're going to be offended uh, offenses will come. You will have disagreements. There will be faults. I understand every pastor has their quirks. They have things they say, and every time they say it, you think, that just bugs me. It's nothing bad. It's just the way they stutter or the way they say something. Uh, you know, everybody has that, but how important it is that we stick together for the cause of Christ. Well, we don't know when the Lord's return is going to be, but when He returns, we want to be found faithful. We want to thank God for the messenger that He's given to us, and we want to be able to support that messenger. I thank God for those that God sent me uh, along the way. Uh, but the thing is, if we delight in the Almighty, if we delight in His ways, we will delight in the messenger and uh, in the message uh, just as well, and, and we'll be able to overlook things when we're walking with God there. Uh, another one, let's go to, to uh, Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40, we delight in God's will for our lives. We don't merely endure it, but we delight in God's will he says in Psalm 40, verse 7, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Remember, to delight is to have a permanent abiding pleasure. So he says, I delight to do thy will. Now, I do know this, a newly saved person or, or somebody who's just getting into church, I believe this, that it's a good thing that they have plenty of preaching and even extra preaching. It's good that they submerse themselves in the things of God. You know, we deal with, we deal with people as they're newly saved or just getting into church uh, or maybe getting back into church. And, and, you know, we deal with people that say, well, it's so overwhelming. I have so many things that, that I need to deal with. Every time I turn around, it seems like I need to change something else. And we encourage them, you need to be around the things of God because you're trying to find God's will. And in order to delight in the things of God, you need a lot more of God than you do the things of the world. Now, for saved person newly saved or somebody who's getting back into church, they really need to submerse themselves in the things of God. All the help they can get will we'll, uh, disciple them, spend time with them, whatever's necessary. But how important it is for those that have been saved for a while 
to remain in the things of God. I mean, extra preaching, you, uh, you know, there, there's, there's ways you can listen to the Bible. I wouldn't substitute Bible reading for listening, but you read your Bible, then throughout the day, listen to the Bible on top of it. Listen to good godly music. Now, there's good resources, and I, I always have to be careful here, but you talk to your pastor, you, you talk to a mature Christian, and, and there's good resources on listening to preaching, but be very careful. There's a lot of heretics that are out on the internet. Uh, you know, I, I've told our people, I've, I've had to preach on that a good bit, and why is it? You know, you say, well, that's just a, uh, you're just beating that horse, but there's so much garbage on the internet and there's people that intend well that are going down that road, and then they come in and try to correct the pastor, and it's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. If you're not sure, just, just submerge yourself with somebody that's been faithful for many years. We're not looking for something new. The old paths, they're the good ways. Delight in the things of God and look for somebody that's been faithful for many, many years. We ought to delight in the will of God. We delight in the will of God. It will help us, again, to do the things that are right. Let me just, if I could just mention here, let's, let's not forget the young people. Uh, young people, you need to make a decision to serve God all your days. Uh, there comes a time in your life between, I don't know, maybe 15 and 25, where you're going to choose if you serve God or not. It's going to go one way or the other, and... and I've talked to people about this. I've talked to my wife. I can just tell you from my life and from what my wife has said and from what we have seen, the fact that it doesn't happen by accident. There has to be a time in your life. There's a time in your life when you get saved. There has to be a time in your life where you say, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be faithful all of my days. I'm going to delight in doing the will of God. Uh, though none go with me, still I will follow. And thank God there's others that have gone with us. I'm not out there all, all alone on an island. But there, if, I, if we could just mark it down, if you don't get anything else, between the ages of 15 and 25, somewhere in there, you have to decide, I'm going to serve God no matter what happens. And it doesn't happen on accident. People don't serve God and do great things for God because they accidentally were in church and it accidentally went the right way. It has to be done on purpose. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9, if you will. Appreciate your attentiveness and just trying to be a help to you here. It's my desire to be a help to you as, a, as an individual. You know, God knows, I don't know, but God knows what has been preached in this pulpit the last two, three months. God knows what will be preached in the future. I'm just trying to be a help to the individual, uh, to the church, to the direction that God has uh, for the church here. Nehemiah chapter 9. We ought to delight in the goodness of God. There's plenty to be negative about. If you don't have anything to be negative about, come and see me afterwards. There's plenty to be negative about, but delight in the goodness of God. Nehemiah 9, 24, God's word said, So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gavest them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land, that they might do with them as they would. And they took strong cities and a fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, Wells digged, vineyards and olive yards, and fruit trees in abundance. So they did eat and were filled and became fat 
And it says, and delighted themselves in thy great goodness. Well, delighting in the goodness of God, we have so many good things to be thankful for. We thank God for our houses, all the good things that he's given to us on top of that. Uh, you know, we, we, we're Americans. We, we get used to things. Um, even in a foreign country, I'm sure there's, there's things that we're familiar with. But, you know, we, we go and turn on the water. We expect there to be water at every faucet just because we're in America. <laughs> you know, we expect there to be hot water. We expect the, the car to start. Or if you're in Maryland, maybe here too, you expect, you expect one of the four cars in your driveway. You know, there's only one or two drivers. We have four cars in the driveway. You expect one of those cars to start, you know, because we're Americans. You talk about all the things that we, we don't have. We, we get upset about shortages, but man, we go to the store and we have... How many options of what type of meat that you want? How many types of vegetables? I mean, we have the option of going natural or not natural. We have the option of uh, uh, it's just so many places. And if you don't like this store, then you go to another store and you have all the options over and over again. Well, I talk about the goodness of God, the things that we don't, <laughs> things that we don't deserve. Somebody said that the vehicle uh, that we drive probably costs more than everything that some people own maybe a couple hundred years ago. Uh, not because we're special. I've often wondered why we live in America. Why, you know, it's just, it's the grace of God. So we thank God for His goodness. And let's go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, what are we delighting in? Bringing us permanent pleasure. Uh, we could talk about the Christmas season that was just passed. So many people trying to seek joy uh, and happiness. And joy obviously doesn't come in a pill or in a bottle, but we're looking at what brings us pleasure. Delighting in the Lord, Psalm 119. Several passages here, we'll just go through. Verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Verse 24, thy testimonies also are my delight. And my counselors were looking at delighting in the Word of God. Verse 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. You find it verse 47, verse 70, verse 77, something referring to the Word of God and then using that word, delight. Uh, go ahead and jump to verse 70. Their, their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. And then he says, verse 71, it is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statues. It's just a little bit of a side note, but remember this, just because we delight in the Lord does not mean we will not have difficulties. It does not mean that we will not have afflictions. I'm not here to preach on, on the afflictions necessarily, but he says, I delight in thy law. The very next verse, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn Thy statutes. Let's go back to our text in Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, a couple applications uh, that we can receive from this. You know, God is not looking for people that 
simply start strong. He's looking for people that finish well. Uh, I'm looking at a handful of people who've been faithful, some, some as long as I've been alive. But how are we going to remain faithful? How are we going to be where we should be when the Lord returns or when He calls us home? It's going to be by delighting in the things of God. Not spending our time discouraged because of all the things that are going on around us. If I could say there's a lot of frustrations around us, but Christians have been through a lot worse than the things that we're going through. I'm just saying on mine, I've heard people say, well, it can't get any worse or the Lord has to return. I believe the Lord's return is closer. But let's be careful. People have suffered a lot worse. I, I wonder if the biggest thing is that the devil just has us distracted from what we should be delighting in. It's still the old paths. It's still the King James Bible. It's still preaching repentance is the only way to be saved. It's still encouraging the brethren. That these, these things, they're, they're, they're main points. They're, they're focal points. Don't get tired of uh, hearing the same things over and over again. Don't get tired of singing the old songs. Don't get tired of delighting in the things of God. What is it that brings us that pleasure? And I don't say it because it's not just this feel-good thing. We're not, talking about just, we're not talking about just because it brings us pleasure, but because it brings glory to God. Stick with it. Stay faithful. Uh, thank God for what He's given uh, to us. There's a couple applications here we could look at. Psalm 7, we read in verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now the honesty is Paul struggles with this, so I guarantee you I struggle with it, and I would venture to say you probably struggle with this thing of delight at times just as well. Let's look back in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but now how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I think if you're saved in here tonight, you can relate to this. The, the struggle, he said, I, I want to delight in God. He says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And then, of course, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. So the first application is a little bit negative, and that is simply this. I have to delight in God because I need all the help that I can get. I have to delight in the Lord because I'm a mess without Him. Uh, we, we, as saved people, we, we need to delight in, just because we're saved, we still, we still live in this flesh and we still struggle. And I, if, if I'm going to go anywhere in life, if I'm going to do anything for God, I have to delight in Him because I need all the help that I can get. You know, the fact is, I have bad habits. Uh, I know it's hard to believe. I have bad attitudes sometimes. <laughs> I have bad tendencies. I struggle in the flesh. And because I struggle so much, I must delight in the Lord if I'm going to 
accomplish anything. You know, we see the Apostle Paul, he, he messed up. While, while he's trying to delight in the Lord, he feels as if he has failed God. Uh, one way I think I can illustrate this is on our prayer list, uh, somebody asked us to pray for it at our church. We, we said, well, let's, somebody, somebody in the congregation said, well, let's pray for the faithfulness of our church members. Um, in our case, probably just about anywhere you go in some way you could apply this, but we have really had people that, that have started to come Sunday mornings and, and, you know, we've had some visitors, returning visitors, different things, uh, you know, but then Wednesday night there seems like sometimes almost nobody there. And sometimes we even have people that they know better. They would tell you, yeah, I'm faithful to church, and it, but you don't even know if they're going to be there on Sunday morning. They just show up once, and they just, once a week maybe if they feel like it, and, and they, they know better. They've, they've been trained differently. So somebody said, let's pray for the faithfulness of our people. I said, well, that's good. Let's, let's pray for that. And so they mentioned it. I might have prayed that night. I said, God, help. You know, we, we do pray that people would realize the importance of being more faithful. I, th- I think it's a good prayer request. I tried to pray it uh, the way God would want me to, as humble as could be. Uh, and then maybe a couple weeks later, I asked somebody else to pray. And as they were kind of going through the list, it was on our list. And they prayed. They said, God, help people to be more faithful. And then he said, pray for me to be more faithful. Now, you have to understand this guy. This guy doesn't miss a church service for anything. He wasn't talking about faithfulness to church. He said, God, I fail you every day. Uh, and he wasn't uh, making a big confession, you know, at the time publicly or anything, but, but, but he was just saying, you know, this guy reads his Bible. This guy prays for us every day. He is just as faithful in my, as faithful as can be, but he's saying, God, in my heart, I struggle with things. God, help me to be faithful. You know, and how that speaks to me, I, I, boy, I get frustrated. I help them, not, not that I'm hoping that they get judgment upon it, but I am, God, I am frustrated with these people. Please, please help them to be faithful. And they're not being faithful no matter what. They still have a choice to make. God doesn't, God is a gentleman. He doesn't force anybody to be saved. He doesn't force anyone to serve him. He doesn't force his blessings upon anybody. And so we pray those things and there's that balance, but how convicting it is, God help me who's in church all the time, even the preacher, help me to be faithful because I, well, we just have so many bad tendencies and ways that we fail God and yet Paul says, I feel I've failed God, yet I delight in Him because I have to delight in Him. The more positive application is I get to delight in Him. Look at us, wicked sinners. We're saved sinners, but we're sinners still in the flesh and as as as. Uh, much as we struggle with things, as much as we feel like we fail Him, thank God He gives us more chances. He allows us to delight in Him. When I feel I've failed Him, and this is never an excuse to do what's wrong, I'm just trying to be real with you, you feel like you've failed Him in the evening, guess what? You can still go and you can delight in Him just because He's a good God, just because He's gracious and just because He's merciful, not because, oh, I have to delight in Him, but I get to delight in Him after this day that I've struggled in delighting in God. You know, I know how each of us would react if we were the boss and we had an employee that failed us. Not occasionally, but failed us every single day. You gave him a list and you said, I want you to do these things and I don't want you to touch this. And not just once or twice, but every day he had a list of things that were realistic because, you know, 
Maybe you used to be in that position and you, you know that they're very, very much doable, very, very easy to get done in a day. He doesn't do this. And then he goes and messes something up and breaks a machine. And it's every single day. I don't know about you. I wouldn't really want anything to do with him. I'd be looking at how do we get rid of this guy. I know there's legal implications and different, but how do I get rid of every, every day he's not doing what he should be doing. And then he's always breaking things. And, you know, I just, I give him a simple list and he won't listen. And yet that's, that's us. That's, that's the child of God who is faithful, who's in church on Wednesday night, who's serving God, trying to raise their family for God. That's us when we're realistic with it. Boy, thank God that we, that we are able to delight in God or in his word or anything. Why doesn't he get rid of us but for the love of God and for the promises that he has made? Paul says, I, I'm a mess, but in the evening I can still delight in God. And then you notice uh, Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So we ought to delight in the Almighty and in His ways. We delight in His messengers that He's given to us. These, uh, delighting in His will, delighting in His goodness, delighting in His word. Paul struggled but he kept delighting. How important it is that we keep delighting. Let's all stay with heads bowed and eyes closed. While the time of invitation of God has uh, spoken to you, an opportunity to uh, make a decision between you and him. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity uh, again, to hear the word of God. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, so many times we fail you. And yet at the end of the day, we can delight in you. Lord, if we failed you today, if we failed you this week, God, I pray that we'd get those things right with you, that our eyes might be focused, we might be fixed upon you. Thank you, uh, Lord, for the realities of the scripture. And we pray that decisions will be made for your glory, we ask in your name. Amen. With heads